yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is Fluxtaposed. Welcome. We're sorry that you downloaded this episode, but we're glad that you're here. We want you to keep listening. Because this is a quality podcast for quality folks like yourself in your ear holes. And we also are in your mouth holes because we took your milkshake. It is ours. We drank it up. Joining me is one Mr. Rose? Hey guys. Hi. And also joining me is one Mr. Nathan Thomas. Welcome, Nathan. Nathan. You're right away. <laughs> was, I, was I supposed to be Nathan? You were. <laughs> In this scenario, you're oh. Nathan. Oh. Nathan's Jason, and I'm... Well, it threw me off, because you're still Lucas. I ruined yeah. it all. I ruined it all. What a ruse. We had him fooled, though, I bet you. Oh, dear. I bet 25% of people looked at their podcast app and said, Oh, wow, this is weird. This sounds so much better I now. so. Oh. <laughs> What's that sultry voice I'm hearing? Um, no, something nobody wants, but they have no choice <laughs> because... There it is. That's what they get. There it is. That's what they get. Sean Capri, it's the self-depreciating humor. It's always here. Go back to toilet scrubbing, please. Uh, I was told that he would be sweeping out the garage today. Probably shoveling, oh. probably shoveling out the garage. They probably have so much snow in Edmonton. It just, it's the driveway couldn't contain it all. It's, it's moved into his garage. His garage can't repel snow of that magnitude. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Maybe I, okay. maybe I should actually do respon- yeah, we're gonna run out responsible of podcasting. Okay, so yes, this is episode one four one forty three of Flux. Suppose if you couldn't tell. Nathan Thomas from PSVG, from That's Entertaining, from the League of Entertaining Gentlemen, uh, from Nathan, did, did I miss anything? There's got to be something else. Uh, Xbox. Nathan from <laughs> Xbox. He rep- he works. He's Phil Spencer's right-hand man. Nathan Thomas has joined Lucas and I on the show. On the docket, we have IRL. We have What You Playing. We have Overlocked Remix. If Nathan's on here, yes, you're right. There's going to be Star Wars talk because Rogue One releases upon the masses on this week so there's that we've got uh, netflixation tangerine was the movie and maybe some grab bag maybe i don't know that's it that's what we got look at perfect see show just look at that did you fade it out or did we run out of out of out of track you'll never know oh you're so good you are so good thank you good positivity mm-hmm well, gentlemen, here we are doing the podcast now that we've gotten our little jollies out because I guarantee <laughs> we will not descend into subpar podcasting again like that during this session. It's not possible. Doubt it. Doubt it. Anyway, boys, girls, people of all ages, we've, we haven't been on in a little bit. Hey, we are recording on our normal night, so, you know, kind of getting back in the, the flow of things. We didn't have to record Battle of the Beer. But, Lucas, it's true. you you had a Battle of the Beer of your own. I did. Yes. Um, well, I you know I mentioned this to you a couple times, Jason. Uh, if you've seen our Bonfire Beer episode, then you'll know the name Rochester Mills. You know, I, a... I, haven't, I haven't seen it, but I did live it. Oh, 
That's the best way to experience a Battle oh. of the Beer episode. So I've heard. Um, they're a Michigan brewery that uh, I can't remember where they're based out of, actually, now that I think about it. Uh, hmm. I don't know. Not too know. far away, I don't think. I don't know. Internet's too hard. I'll look it up while you are talking. Okay, thank you. And I'll you. try not to smash so, my keys so horribly. Um, so on that episode, it was campfire beer, basically. And uh, they had a toasted marshmallow stout based on one of their regular, uh, I think it's it's like a milk stout, milkshake stout. Yeah. And uh, so this was, you know, the milkshake stout was the base beer for this toasted marshmallow stout that has kind of a s'mores flavor to it or whatever. Well, I had seen on one of the Facebook groups, West Michigan uh, Craft Beer Drinkers or something like that, that uh, some people were posting pictures of a 12 pack with 12 16 ounce cans and they uh, all were different flavors, different variants of the um, milkshake stout. So much like the toasted marshmallow stout, which is in there. Uh, there were 11 other offerings that I haven't tried ever. I don't even know if they're available outside of this uh, seasonal package. And so I thought to myself, hmm, maybe I should pick that up. You know, I just kind of one of those things like, oh, if, I'll see, if I see it, I'll grab it or whatever. And mm-hmm. then, uh, you know, I had seen like one post about it. And then a couple days go by and I see more and more people posting about it and I'm thinking, okay, is this like something that's a little difficult to come by? And sure enough, as I go through the comments, people are talking exactly where they found it, how many packs are left, you know, that type of thing. Oh, so-and-so at this place held a pack for me. And I was like, okay, geez, maybe I should, maybe, maybe I should go try to find this thing. Uh, People were talking that they had found it at a Meyer. A couple of people said they found it at Meyer, which is a, uh, I don't know, a North I'm not sure exactly how far they extend. They they're into Ohio and stuff, aren't they, Jason Meyer? Yes, I believe so. Ohio I think, and Indiana. And yeah, that's about I think it. that's about it. So uh, you know, local or a regional um, grocery store. So I was like, okay, well, I got one nearby. Maybe I should go and go and check just to see. But I I kind of I don't know. Whenever I see these things, I'm like, I'm gonna go there. You know, it's 830 at night or I think it was eight o'clock at night. I'm going to go there. I'm going to there's not going to be anything there and I'm going to be wasting my time. I could have been at home doing something else, you know, that whole thing. But Danette happened to be still recovering. She was like, well, I could use some cough drops and and um, some cough medicine or something else. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just go based on that. Because at yeah. least then I'm not going to not get anything. Yeah, you're like, just oh, to daddy go look around. some cough medicine too. <laughs> yeah, glug, glug. That's true. So I go there and I get I get uh, her stuff first. Because if I don't, I'll forget. I know that for a fact. I've done that before. If, I ever, if I'm going to get beer or something and I start looking at it, I know I'll forget something. So I try to get the other stuff out of the way first. So I'm looking around and it was said that they would be on like the end caps of the aisles or wherever, you know, they always haul out those liquor packages that come with like two glasses that say Jack Daniels on them or something. And then a bottle of Jack Daniels and it's $40 for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so they said it might be in that area too. So I'm looking and I'm looking, uh, I don't see it. So I'm not, I'm not surprised whatsoever. So I'm like, all right, well, time for plan B. I'm just going to grab some beer, <laughs> some singles. <laughs> so I grabbed three singles and, um, I go to the checkout and I had texted my wife and I said, yeah, big surprise. They didn't have it. She's like, well, ask the cashier. And I said, well, I'm already at the, I mean, I hate being that person who asks yeah, I didn't find this thing. And then you hold up the line or whatever, because you didn't ask any, but, but the beer, the beer situation there is weird because there's never anybody from Meyer around that area. <laughs> no. So I'm like, I don't know. I don't even had, I didn't have anyone to ask anyway. So there was nobody behind me and this, uh, her supervisor came in and said, uh, this cashier supervisor said, why don't you close down your lane? So I was the last person. So I'm like, all right, I guess I'll try, which I almost always regret. Whenever I ask about anything, because it's usually either I don't communicate very well or this person doesn't ex- understand what I'm saying or whatever it might be. So I say, all right. So I was over in the beer aisle and I was looking for this specific gift holiday seasonal uh, 12 pack. Do you know what I'm talking about? People are posting it about finding it in Meyer around, you know, like the Detroit area or whatever. So I figured they would just be. Uh, you know, in every Meyer, basically, she's like, well, you picked the wrong person to ask because this is like my first day. And I was like, oh, OK. But thankfully, she's like, well, let me look on on the back of my uh, my name tag here or whatever it was. I got this handy dandy cheat sheet so I can call somebody and ask. I'm like, OK. So she's like, uh, all right, I guess I'll call back to grocery. So she calls back to somebody in grocery. She says, uh, I got a customer here looking for this this seasonal beer item or something. And she's like, do you remember what it's called? I'm like, oh, yeah, of course I do. Here it is. And she's like, okay. So she says it to um, to this person. And the person immediately knew what I was talking about. Or at least that's the way it seemed. I didn't hear the conversation. But mm-hmm. it took it, – there was no explaining. It was like, oh, that thing? Yeah, yeah, I'll bring one up. <laughs> so I don't know why, but they were in the back. I don't know Maybe if they, they were waiting stocked them yet for whatever reason. Yeah. Which I was thinking to myself, okay, maybe they're not even in the system yet or something like that. Like, can I even purchase it? But he brought it up and she was able to, to ring me up. And so she's like, I'm, I suppose you don't want these other, this other beer. And I'm like, no, sorry. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't, I don't want the singles now. Uh, so I got the pack. That's like the first time in history for me that asking to check the back has actually worked. So um, I was able to get the pack. And now I'm thinking I might do uh, basically 11 days of the 11 days before Christmas. Oh, there you go. And try one, one every night, do a a really quick vlog style uh, for battle of the beer on the channel and talk about the flavors. Cause there's things like there's banana foster bananas, foster in there, which, if you don't like banana, I imagine that's going to be gross. But I also feel like that would be a hard flavor to pull off anyway. Um, something called Santa's Breath, which I imagine must be mint. Um, mm. Chocolate orange. I think German. it's going to be malt liquor. I I hope. Oh, if only. So excited for that. Um, German chocolate cake. Other stuff of that sort. Blueberry pancakes. So... You know, they're pretty, pretty oddball offerings, I would say. So I thought I'd give that a whirl and see how, you know, doing a quick like one, two minute video goes on on taste tests and 
throwing that up there. So check it out. Battle of the Beer on YouTube if you haven't already. And you'll see me and Jason drinking some brewskis. And you'll get very jealous and go, why don't I have a brewski? Uh, Hopefully. Jason, you know, it's been you know, snowing. Oh, oh, oh. I, I had the only time, just to, to piggyback on here, the only time yes. or the first time I remember checking in the back working, I was a young lad at Toys R Us. Oh, my. And this was back when the X-Men action figures were like the must-have. I think was it um, – who made those? I want to feel like – for some reason I want to say like Toy Biz. That just sounds right. But I don't think they – I don't remember what who what company actually produced those action figures. And they had like, you know, the little cardboard section on the back that you could cut out. And it was like a little – it was like a trading card. And it had like, you know, detail – like bio, bio oh, yeah. and background. And like their – for whatever reason, it had their, their measurements and stuff on it. But Wolverine, I, I asked and I got Wolverine because he was never there. But uh, in the classic, the yellow, the yellow and uh, black suit, Wolverine. Nice. I think I had a ca- I had Cable, and I had I, can't, I had a few other figures. Gosh, that had to have been had to have been mid mm, mid mid to the early nineties. I feel like right right around when the cartoon was popular. Uh, when who did you say you thought made it? I wonder if Toy Biz just sounds familiar to me, but I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, it is Toy Uh-oh. Biz. Wow, look You're at that. Right. Look at that, folks. Nailed it. You did. Very good. Very good. Yeah, I don't think it's ever... Nathan, have you ever had that problem where, you know, people always say, oh, if you ask for somebody in the back to look in the back, you know, they just stand around and then come back out and say, no, I didn't <laughs> find it. I know I've done that at Target before, so <laughs> that does happen. Um, I've... Uh, the times that I've asked for things in the back... It's typically like mundane stuff, like "Hey, the milk's out. Is there any more in the back?" <laughs> um, yes. So i've I've never asked for anything special, like you know. I did ask recently. <laughs> <laughs> I did ask recently uh, at Best Buy. I was like, "Hey, you got any of those NES classics in the back?" And they were like, "No." And I was like, "Oh." <laughs> I feel like at Best Buy, you'd be like, "Do you have any of those in the back?" And they'd be like, "Yeah, but they're for us." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we all set them aside. <laughs> Ugh. When I worked at Best Buy, though, I would actually, like, scour the back. if Because you would look in the, I think they called it RSS at the time, something stock system. And if there was one in the store, I found, like, my personal mission to find this one. Mm-hmm. And you know how inventory can be off, you know, a little bit here and there. So they have to do the, once a year they do, like, the thing where they have to check everything that's in the store to actually put your inventory correctly. Mm-hmm. But there's times where there's like one in the store and it, it's like a Blu-ray movie or a DVD movie or whatever it was at the time. And I just felt like I had to go find it. So I would go everywhere and look all across like the, um, I forget what they call it. Just like the inventory room where they had like the big stuff in the back, the TVs yeah. and the refrigerators and all that. And I would look around all those areas just for this random DVD to see if it was around. I had fun looking for it, but... You know, ten minutes later, I'd come back. The customer'd be gone. They're like, "Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, what was, that's what I was thinking." I just fart around back here long enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that was my that was my Rochester Mills journey to get to get the beer because I I love that toasted marshmallow stout. So I'm looking forward to trying these other ones. Um, now, Lucas, I love toasted marshmallows. You what like I love actual? Um. Do you have a well? I would imagine you have a sweet tooth. Then, if you're you're just eating toasted marshmallows, 
don't you just eat twisted marshmallows? Am I the only one that does this? I don't. Let's just say I eat marshmallows because I'm too lazy to toast them. Maybe if I had like a lighter, <laughs> I would just like hold it. <laughs> wait, wait, a lighter? So like you want to just sit there and grab your marshmallows out of the bag and then take them with a lighter and yeah. see if you can picture Lucas in the corner of a seedy bathroom with a spoon and a lighter. Come on, marshmallow. And a marshmallow. Stay away from me! I want this! Um, I am what I am. Oh, you're going to feel stupid, Lucas, by the way. Take a guess where Rochester okay. Mills Brewing Company is. Is it in Rochester Mills? <laughs> uh, no, it's in Rochester. Ah, okay. But there you go. That is pretty dumb. Which is, right, <laughs> which is near, it's a suburb of Detroit. It's in the northern part of Detroit, kind of near Pontiac uh, and Troy. Ah, one of those deals. Utica, Rochester Hills. Right. Yeah. So there you go. All right. All you know, right. I am going to a Red Wings game in a couple weeks. I'm like, hey, Jess, let's just detour. No, that's actually way out of the way. I'm not going <laughs> to drive all the way up there. Actually, um, I would like to. I would like to visit some breweries. Bre- breweries in the Detroit area. That would be pretty pretty cool. Um, and then of course we had Blizzard number Snow-mageddon. one over the weekend. Yeah, Snowmageddon. Um, and I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast, but I had my neighbor basically offload a bunch of crap to me that he didn't want to um, take with him when they moved to Florida. Uh, and so I got like a, I bought a lawnmower, a snowblower, a um, leaf blower, a lot of blowing and, and mowing from, from this package deal. And uh, so obviously I hadn't, this was last summer, so I hadn't used the uh, snowblower yet. And of course I waited until it actually snowed to check out the snowblower to see if it actually runs or anything. So I, I, I haul my butt out there after, you know, putting on eight different layers of clothing. Uh, so I go out there and I look at this thing and it says on it, and I remember him saying, now it takes 50, 50 or, or something like that, or the 50 mm-hmm. uh, to one ratio of oil and gas. And it's also written on there, uh, what type of oil it takes. Uh, Cause it wasn't on there. It wasn't originally on the equipment. So he put it in uh blue ink. He wrote that uh, it, what oil it takes and everything. So I'm like, all right, well, I've never done this before. And it seems like such a, such a simple thing until you go to the task of actually doing it. Cause you're like, oh, I just add some oil to, to the gas and put it in the tank and away we go. Well, I didn't have any oil. I didn't have the oil I needed. So I ran it with just a little bit of gasoline to make sure it actually would start. Because thank goodness it has an electric start. You can plug it in and just do the electric start to, to get it going. So I did that and it runs and I'm like, okay, great. So you know, then it, so do you just, you just, I have that on mine too. I just don't have mm-hmm. any like outlets that are conveniently located nearby. So I've never actually tried the electric start. Oh, okay. So it's essentially you just plug it in and push the button and it just fires right up. Yeah, it starts right up. Yep. Yeah, that sounds a lot nicer. Although now that mine's been running, it pretty much pull starts instantly. So I guess I can't. Yeah, I did. I did have today. Uh, it chugged along a little bit on some of the snow that started to kind of crust over, if you will. Because mm-hmm. uh, of course, it all piles when they when they do the. Uh, I think they did the sidewalks too, but they did the road and the sidewalk. So there's this gigantic pile of snow at the end of the driveway. So I'm trying to get through that with it, and it's you know, coughing and sputtering, trying to eat up all of that crusty old snow. But, uh, before that I was like, all right, okay. I can't, I can't keep running this thing on gas because it only gets oil, the lubrication if it's in the gas tank. So 
I go to I go to AutoZone because I've convinced myself, all right, I'm going to get this thing running correctly so that, you know, it's winter ready. I can I can do what needs to be done, because if you if you keep it up, you don't have to work so hard the next time to get off two layers of snow. You know, you can just kind of keep it keep it going, make sure everything's fairly clean, doesn't have to be perfect, but you don't want to let it get too crazy. So I go to AutoZone. And I'm like, all right, I'm gonna buy some. I'm gonna buy some oil, and then I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go home and get this thing done. But I happen to ask yet again. I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, hey, do you have anything that makes like figuring out the ratios and like pouring the oil into the gas simpler? Like, am I am I overthinking this, or or is there like something I'm missing that makes this super simple? And he's like. Of course, he didn't understand what I'm saying, and it's some old dude who works at AutoZone, so he's going to tell me what he's done for 30 years, which may or may not be the right thing to do. So I say I say all this, and he's like, well, it depends on how much gasoline you're going to put into the thing, into your container, and then that determines with your ratio exactly how much oil you're going to need because you don't want to dump the whole thing in there. And I'm thinking, I know that. I'm just asking, do you have a product... <laughs> I basically need a shot glass for oil is what I'm saying with measurements on it. Do you have that? But instead I'm just like, okay, whatever. Stop talking so I can leave, please. So how much oil I guess does, they it, don't. does it need it? Well, I did the, I have a one gallon gas can. And so I did the, I did, I went online and did a ratio calculator and it was like two and a half ounces. So I get to the gas station. Well, is the, uh, like the, the meter that's like on the side of the, the oil court, not, uh, not I, sufficient it's just, enough for... I, I didn't even look, no. I didn't even think about it actually. Cause I normally buy my oil in those giant jugs. Oh, so I didn't, I didn't even think about that. So what I did instead is when I went to get the ticket to, to fill up the one gallon thing, I just measured out or I didn't measure out. I opened it and I went one, two and a half. <laughs> It just dumped it really quick because <laughs> so, I'm like, you know what? Some oil is probably better than no oil. And I'm not like, pour, I know well enough not to pour the entire thing in. So I, I did that, filled it up with gasoline, shook it up, poured it in, works like a charm, did my driveway. And I will say it is a hell of a lot easier than trying to uh, shovel, shovel the snow. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Even with this thing, I mean, it's not top of the line. I was watching the neighbors, the new neighbors, and this guy went out and bought like a self-propelled, you know, it's like 80 feet wide, does your entire driveway in one scoop practically. (laughs) One pass. It's bigger than he is. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that looks like a big pain in the ass. But then I got out there and my old janky thing, even though it's all janky, still so much better. I just wish our concrete was even. Is your neighbor named Flanders? No, I don't know what his name Stupid, actually sexy is. Flanders. <laughs> he is sexy though for an old an old man of some sort of Asian descent that we are not quite sure of. So But they seem nice enough. They're way quieter than our old neighbors, so I can't complain. That's saying something because they're redoing their that entire interior of the house. So the fact that they're quieter doing that than they the old neighbors were on any given day is amazing, but is what it is. So yeah, get that's those hammer silencers. Get the what? The hammer silencers. <laughs> the hammer silencers. 
Uh-huh. Haven't you ever used a hammer silencer? Even you're pounding, you know, on something at midnight, and you know you shouldn't mm-hmm. be, but you've got to get that mm-hmm. jab done. Well, I thought those were illegal in Michigan. I, they might be illegal in Michigan, because a silenced hammer could be a deadly hammer. Yeah, but, you know, in Illinois, everything's legal, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't get caught. It's not illegal until you get caught. That's right. I like You've been watching thinking. Aladdin. What am I not watching? What I love me some Disney films. I just like to sit on the floor with all my DVDs and just watch one after the other. <laughs> on the floor? Just look at it, watch it? Yeah, yeah. Because I don't have any furniture in my playroom. Ah, makes sense. Oh, but enough about me. That that's that's those are my two stories that I could rustle up. I actually had things happen in my life, so I thought, you know what? Why don't I share them? Wow. That's what I did. Well, uh, of no, I had I had a kind of a whirlwind of a weekend. You know, Jess went off to, yeah, to New York on Thursday, so I had me and the me and the puppers holding it down on on Thursday night, which wasn't really eventful. We got snow, so I had to. Uh, deal with that a little bit and then friday i had, had car work done added it to the long list of car repairs <laughs> and then uh we had our holiday christmas party at work um and it was snowing so that was fun for traveling and after a night of eating and drinking i decided it'd be a good idea to get up at six in the morning and drive an hour through the blizzard to get Ugh. my snow tires put on and then drive back um you know it, it i I feel like there's a lot of people here in Michigan that pride themselves like, oh, we know how to handle snow. We're in Michigan. But every year, that first snowfall, you see people just go off in the ditch like crazy. <laughs> sure enough, that morning during the drive-in, there's like probably someone about probably, you know, 30, 50 feet in front of me. All of a sudden, I see a, the car start to fishtail a little bit and then boom, down into the median. And I was just like, oh, that sucks. Keep on driving. Once yeah. you're fishtailing, it's over. Oh, yeah. And then on the way back home, there was like a four-car accident. So it's just people just drive stupidly, you know, drive too fast, as usual. And then, um, yeah, I had a, you know, hung, just held things down, really, you know, hung her out. Um, just had a good trip, came home, um, picked her up at the airport, watched the tail end of the Lions game, and I enjoyed, uh, you know, we have a, a Bell's Brewery little bar inside the airport there. And, like, the Grand Rapids Airport, it's, I mean, it is an international airport, but it's very... Um, it's very small, you know, but uh, you usually take that to connect to a better, much better right <laughs> airport. But it worked out great because you know I had to leave. I left like during the third quarter, so I was listening to it on the radio, and then I got there. I was like, oh, I'll just watch the game at the bar because I got there. I had like a half hour to kill, and ordered. A, I was like, well, I'll order a beer, and I'm I'm fairly certain it was a lot larger. Than, I had it like a two hearted, but I'm fairly certain it, it's a lot larger than a just a standard pint it looked like the glass looked a lot like at least uh i don't know what would be the, the next step up from that but uh like a 24 ounce maybe possibly because after i had just that one i was like oh i gotta feel all right you know <laughs> and I, then I, i'm like yeah she's like do you want more you want me to leave it open or you're just gonna be have one i'm like yeah i'll just cash out 12 bucks ah yeah so <laughs> so not only airport prices but um yeah and again you know another I don't know if you want to say thrilling at this point anymore, but another come from behind Lions victory. Um, I knew I knew they'd find a way to lose to the Bears, you know, almost. So, because mm-hmm. um, these are the games you, they just don't usually they find a way to lose are the games that they should just win. But hey, yeah, the defense looked completely different 
compared to last week's game. They yeah. didn't look no they didn't look like they knew what the hell they were doing. Yeah, I I don't know. Oh well, I mean a win's a win. It can be sloppy as heck. I'll take it. I mean That's it's, true. it's crazy that we were on the verge of we could potentially have a division title, which has never hasn't happened to what so <clears throat> like nineteen ninety one. So Yeah. There's that. You know, so that's exciting. Um but then you know, Jess was awesome enough and she while she was in New York, one of her cool stops was at the Nintendo store. Yeah, I saw in, that uh, her post. Rockefeller Center. And she got me some cool swag and this awesome link uh bag. And everyone's like, Oh, we know what they get. What'd you get? And it's like I got cool stuff. I got this really awesome um Nintendo New York sweatshirt. It's a hoodie, zip up. And it's just super comfortable and warm. I love it. And then a uh, because I am a fan of the baseball tees, it's a white and black uh, tee. It says old school with an NES controller, and the old school is like written out with uh, the cord. Kind of reminds me of like I had an old ringer tee a long time, a while back that said, I think I'm pretty sure it said, oh, no, it said, um, know your roots, I think, and it had the NES oh, controller. Oh, yeah, on yeah. It. So this I remember. Very similar to that. So um, very thoughtful gifts. Awesome of her to to do that. Also, more importantly, it's great to have her back and you know safe travels with her in the snow and the blizzards. And I think uh, I don't know about your side, Lucas, but we had like I guess in Granville here we had like nine inches just on Sunday. Yeah, I think it was something like that. So it's been crazy here. Snowcat, welcome to Snowcast, everyone. <laughs> we'll keep you updated on the snow levels. Yep, that's what we do here. Responsible podcasting on Flexpose. Nathan, before we delve into what you planned, do you have anything important? Or not even important, like I showcased that you'd like to, to share with the oh, audience. And me. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, adding to Snowcast, I just wanted to make sure I represent the great state of Illinois. And Chicago had a lot of snow recently. And down in southern Illinois, where I am, well, not really. I'm actually a couple hours south in the middle of Illinois. But any part that's not Chicago is southern Illinois, from what I hear. <laughs> so, um, I uh, we got about four inches of snow last weekend. Uh, so not this this past weekend, like we're talking about. We actually mm-hmm. didn't get hardly anything then. But we got about four inches the weekend before, and it was a great weekend just to stay indoors. And uh, I marathoned the Star Wars prequels because I was so excited. Ah, uh, yes. So that was that was awesome. Enough note. Um, I recently listened to the audiobook Star Wars Catalyst. That was fun. And we might talk a bit more about that later. But as far as stuff in real life, it's just cold here, you guys. It's like 20 degrees here. And that's probably colder up there. It's, it's weird because usually when I talk to people, they're usually out west or they're down south. And they just don't <laughs> understand the cold like we do. That's right. Yeah. So I think you have a little guys, worse than us right now. I'm showing it's a whopping 27 here right now. Oh, it's 23 here right now. Ooh, so yeah. just a little bit. But you guys, do you guys get a lot of wind from the from the lake? Are you how far away from the lake are you? Um, we're like an hour, so probably like yeah. What do you think, Lucas? Probably like somewhere like around 60, 70 miles. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. no, I think it's a little closer than that. I think it's like 45, 50 miles. Yeah, but that's probably... I think we just we get we don't get so much wind no. as we do storms that that develop yeah, and get worse. It depends over either the either the, the storms will intensify going across Lake Michigan or they dissipate. 
just so it die. All, it all yeah. depends. It seems to be like whenever snow forms, you usually get we we my wife and I go up to South Haven every now and then, which isn't too okay. far away from you guys, I don't think. And I hear up there whenever this time of year comes around, they get possible like feet of snow out of nowhere because of the lake effect. Uh, but they're right on the lake, so it might be a little bit different. You guys are probably a little bit farther away, so right. it may not be as bad. But anyway, I just wanted to add my two cents to snow well, because yeah, yeah. I figured like I should. Yeah, South Haven isn't too far away. That's um, it's probably about a about an hour, I'd say from from here, but not not too far at all. Yeah. Okay. It's a it's a nice little town. It's quaint. We spent our honeymoon there because we're like that. Ah, qu- quaint folks and quaint times. That's right. Um, we're we're actually about 34, 35 miles away from oh, Grand wow. Haven, at least. So okay. we're a bit so, closer uh, than we thought. I actually drove up to Grand Haven. That's where Mad Hatter is, right? Um, not Mad Hatter. What's the name of that? Uh, New Holland Green. is in New Holland. They're in yeah. Holland, which is um about just north. Well, it's like halfway between Grand Haven and South Haven. Okay, so that's probably about as far north as we went. Uh, on that trip. Okay. Yep. But uh, I remember going to the brewery there, and because they're they're the fantastic brewery that makes Dragon's Milk. Yes. So yes. Good. Holland's a great place to visit. They got a really nice, great for uh, strolling. You know, they they got a lot of good shops right there, and they have like downtown Holland's a really nice spot. And obviously with the the lakefront and stuff there. But my mm-hmm. wife used to work there, and then my brother actually got uh, got married there. Aww. I've been there many, Memories. many times. Not so much in the winter, but good, good summer spot to, to hit it up. So nice. Um, but as far as that, I mean, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, you guys are talking football, and whenever That's a sore subject, it is. <laughs> whenever everybody talks about football and their teams, I'm just like, oh, I used to have one of well, those. Well, you know, you at least you can take some solace in that they're not doing well. <laughs> they're not doing well, and they're firing their head yeah. coach. <laughs> good old Jeff Fisher. Yeah, if you if you couldn't pick up, ladies and gentlemen, I used to be a St. Louis Rams fan when they were in fact in St. Louis, but since they've moved to LA, I'm just it's such a sore I don't know. So today for the first day, because it was cold, I have a St. Louis Rams jacket. Mm-hmm. And it's nice and warm. It's a good jacket. It's a quality built clamshell, <laughs> you know, it's it retains the heat. It's probably the best jacket I have. And so I was like, Well, you know, whatever. It's a jacket. And so no sooner than I get out of my car at work, coworkers like, oh, hey, I thought you were going to burn all your Ram stuff. <laughs> Which I didn't make that claim, but I guess he knew some people that did. Uh, and we were talking about it on the way in. But I was like, seriously, I, I, I get out of my house, and the first person that I come into contact with makes mention of the, the Rams moving. So it's an <laughs> ever, everlasting struggle. You could just join it's- the Detroit Lions hype train. But I don't want to join any sort of hype train. I just don't know who I want to like root for anymore because just don't pick. I'm just not don't pick the Bears. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm I or am an Illinois person, um, and I don't think I can see myself rooting for the Packers. But even though it's really cool that a community owns that team yeah. and not a single person, I think that's really cool, and that's the way more teams should do it. I, th- but, I think the Chiefs would be a good good team. Yeah, going by close but, proximity to you at least. Even that's not that. I mean, it's it probably closer for me to go to probably uh, Green Bay or maybe even Minnesota about, than it would about, be to Kansas City. What about City. Indy? I've thought about that, but they really treated Peyton Manning terribly and a lot of the other offensive players that they let go a couple of years ago. I don't know. Anyway, 
uh, uh, I don't know who to root for anymore. So I root for my fantasy team at work because it's the one that's actually doing well. <laughs> I have a fantasy team with play some video games and it's doing terribly. And every time I look at it, I, I get sad. So. Well, here's the thing about play some video games that I think we've all realized. It really doesn't matter how you do because Kevin's wife's just going to beat you in the end anyway. Yeah. Just ask Kevin. That's what usually happens. <laughs> I mean... Oh. Like I'm, I'm at the point now. I think I'm going to lose. My, I'm actually the first time I've had a losing streak. Um, all season, I'm going to lose two in a row, which I think I'm going to put. I think I'm going to have. I'll be dropping me into fourth place now, which is in the last last playoff spot. So I'll, I'll have to play the Pikmin Patriots. So my my <laughs> postseason will be over as soon as it begins. Nice. Hey, not really IRL, or I guess it kind of is. But let me ask you guys a question. Yeah. Sure. So I'm kind of in the thinking about phase for a project that I want to do in my house. Ooh. And it involves possibly a man cave. Well, we so, are both burly men of mass. <laughs> uh, like, we we build things just in our free time. We With your bare yeah, hands. So this is perfect for us. But really the question I have is, should I get a projector <laughs> or a, a TV to mount on the wall, like a 65-inch Ooh, Lucas, uh, you have TV. had a projector in your day. I have. I have. I've had a... Um, a really old, not HD projector, but it was still cool, especially at the time. It was about the time of the original Xbox, so not really needed 1080p type stuff at the time. I would say the biggest thing is, are you a person who doesn't mind sitting in the dark? Oh, I love sitting in the dark. My wife doesn't like it, though. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, that's why it's the moon cave. Get out! <laughs> <laughs> that's what you say. Um, if... Gosh, I just feel like it. when you get a TV, you're just like, all right, I know where I'm going to put the TV. But when you get a projector, you're like, all right, I got to get something to project it on. Or maybe I'll just do it on the wall and make sure that it's a white wall, a nice wall. Then where am I going to put the projector? Plus, it's always making that noise. The fans are running and everything. I heard they're so, not super loud anymore, though. But I, just, I mean, they would also they would always have to have a fan that kicks on to cool them down at some point. Right. You would hear. Yeah. Plus, they're plus they're probably a lot brighter than the ones that the one that I was using. But I don't know. I I feel like if you're the type of person who is kind of like a videophile or something like that and wants the at home cinema um, type deal, then go with a projector. But if you're like hardcore gamer who needs 120 hertz refresh rate then i doubt a projector is going to get you that so i think it depends on what the are you going to be playing games and stuff like that oh yeah i'm sure i'd put a a gaming system some sort down there maybe like a scorpio or something whenever that comes out i feel like with the projector i mean you can obviously tailor it to however big you want it to project but if you get too big you i find a lot of the time you're you end up having to it's it's almost harder to keep track of all the information that's being displayed to you. you you have to move your head around a lot more to get the information that usually is in the corners of the screen so you know if you're projecting at 90 inches or something like that and you're sitting three feet away like I would be then <laughs> <laughs> then uh, it's almost it's almost more trouble than it's worth but I, I, why don't you just get a TV and a projector? But, mm-hmm. but I don't know how to do that. 
on the wall that I have. <laughs> you oh, need I can a, just get a screen and pull it down and yeah. then have a TV for whenever I don't need the screen. Yeah. Well, that's how um, there's a uh, there's a YouTube channel I watch called Techmoan, and that's what he did. He uh, he has a short throw projector that actually um, projects onto a mirrored surface first, and then it bounces it back up. It it actually bounces it up onto a wall, like you would put it on your desk almost in front of the wall instead of way back at the at the edge of the room. And then he has a um, automatic push a button in the uh, the projector. Um, screen comes up from the floor from behind the TV or in, in front of, it's weird. It's like in front of the, or it's behind the, the entertainment stand that he has, but his TV's wall mounted. So it's between those two things. I'm not going to have the money for an automatic screen <laughs> to come out of the floor. So maybe we'll just have to go with one or the other. Nathan walks into the room. Everything turns on. Screen lowers. Great. Welcome, Nathan. Would you like me to play Halo? I, I don't know it. I don't know what you play. <laughs> Can I get Robot Lucas to do that voice? Like when I get my man cave built up, <laughs> I want to say, "Welcome, Nathan." Oh, oh. welcome, Nathan. Oh, <laughs> bother. Anyway, that was my my little question, Jason. What do you What do you have to say? Ah. Uh... Um, as it as answered your question, that or whatever else you have to oh, say. <laughs> okay, I wasn't I wasn't sure if you wanted me to, to weigh, me to weigh in here. <laughs> no, we'll just let's move on. Let's move on. Okay. We got a lot of show to do here yet, and we've already chewed up a lot of airtime. You've chewed up like the entirety of last week's episode already. <laughs> yeah, pretty that's much. true. By the way, as a paying listener that doesn't pay anything, <laughs> I demand a longer show. I'm just kidding. That was a perfect episode for me. Was it the perfect length of... Yeah. Well, that's all for this week, folks. Thank you so much for stopping by. Uh, Come back next week. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Uh, But seriously, I I do, yeah, I I do like when you're able to knock out something shorter like that. So, uh, quick hits then. Lucas, let's do what you're playing. Oh, God. Hey, what is that from? Is that from a Zelda game? I hate that. So much. God. Is that from a Zelda game? Because I can't remember if you said it was or not. And I, I've never played a game where it's from. Yeah. It is. Yeah, if it was, they didn't really say it that much, I don't think. It was like just one of those little things that that yeah. people latch on to. Yeah, it doesn't happen too much in the game, but yeah, it's uh <laughs> it's Ocarina of Time and Navi is the the fairy that does that. Anytime like she has like hey, a listen. important thing to say that happens. <laughs> Imagine if you lived your life and every time you got into your car and went some somewhere, even though you've already seen all of those notifications, it's like, "Hey, listen. You can start your car by turning the ignition." Hey, uh. listen. I've turned on the radio for you. Change stations by pressing the buttons. Horrible. All right, I'll go through my my what you playing pretty quick here because what? one I've already ah. talked to well, one I've already talked about, and that's City Skylines. Play more Nathan, of that. I don't time know what this, it is please. about that. Okay, timing now. <laughs> I already started though. Um, okay, so City <laughs> City Skylines. Uh, I I don't know. I just I really been into it. I like the game. Uh, I like trying to because what's great about it is you start with one square, but then you can buy up to like two squares in any direction past that 
at the same size. So you can really expand your city. But there's been some bugs that have been kind of uncovered in having built some of these cities and getting more and more people in them. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you need to have cemeteries that will take dead people out of the houses and (laughs) bury them. I know it sounds ridiculous. Uh, But one of the issues that any of these services have, whether it be police officers or fire trucks is that if they can't get to the, the place that's having the issue, then they, I guess they just stop trying so I've been having this really awful um, traffic issue with uh, because all of them start with highway connections. And so you connect that to your town and then you start your town. Well, I have this one because I bought the the square or the square that I started in smack dab in the middle of two highways on the on either side of a river. So I have two pieces of land split by a river and then two highway connections on either side. So I, I made a highway or a um, kind of a big city street that runs all the way through. Then there's a bridge. Then it goes to the next highway connection. Well, anytime you have an intersection in that line of in that line of road, it's like traffic comes to a dead halt. I have people lining up to get onto the or get off from the on ramp or from the off ramp. So. All, this is what was causing my issue was that there was no alternate way for most of my services to get to to get to the residential zones and stuff like that. So yeah. it's been kind of a pain in the ass because I've gone through and deleted most of my road structures. And now it looks all freaking crazy because I have that main highway that just going that's just going through with like two or three ways to get off of there. Uh, whereas before it was there was like five or six ways to get off, and then uh, most of my regular roads that connected to that are now going over it, uh, in a in like a, over it as a bridge, so that now they don't have to stop there anymore. So I don't know it it fixed my problem, but I don't know if anybody can get on that highway anymore. So, so I have to go back and look at it. You're saying your career in city planning is not quite ready to take off. Well, everything goes well until you know the rubber hits the road and things really start increasing because it's kind of exponential. You know, you, you go from 100 people to 200. The next thing you know, you're going from 1000 people to 5,000 and it's like, Oh gosh, what do I, how do I, you know, incorporate all of these people? They want to move in. They need jobs. They need education. Ah, it gets overwhelming at times. And so I just quit playing the game because <laughs> I'm just like, I can't deal with this right now. It's too, it's too much to think about. So I'm just going to quit and let it set for a little while. You quit it and you sit it, Jason. That's, um, that's my policy on life. <laughs> and then the other thing that I've been playing, I, I, I scraped this back up from, from uh, the depths of my steam list and that's darkest dungeon. Uh, I just felt like playing it for some reason. And, uh, so I, I opened it up. I deleted my old save game. See, that's the worry. That's the thing is when I'm too far away from a game, I don't know what the hell's going on or who I have or what I was doing. So I just deleted it and started anew. And, uh, I mean, they've made some changes to, to, to the game to, uh, so you're you're saying your mind was never in front of you, not in what you was doing. (laughs) Yeah. I would say that's exactly right. I wiped the, the slate clean, Jason. Nathan, picked, Nathan picked up on it. I, yeah, I don't know what you, I don't know what you're talking about. Aww. I'm just rolling with it. P- picture if I was a short green man and 
poking at you with a cane. Mm. And mm. Saying, <laughs> saying, you should have said it in Yoda voice then. No, because then it would have been too you obvious. Haven't, your Yoda voice is beautiful, and I wish you would break it out more often. No. But, uh, yeah, Darkest Dungeon, You, uh, it's kind of an indie game. Walk around, kill things. It's unforgiving. It's a really difficult game if you're one of those people who doesn't like the idea of permadeath. So you have this like perfect party, and then one of those characters dies, and you just have to be okay with that. And I'm like, no, I wanted them to live. I'm going to see them to the end of the game. We're all you happy have a family. For them. I do. I do. I have an Irish funeral, so basically, I just take a shot and go. Well, couldn't be helped. <laughs> <laughs> Let's party. So that's it. That's it. Those are the two things. Two I watched things. a few things here and there, but nothing worth talking about. Just the usual stuff. No, nah, just so. the huge. Just about the huge. six minutes, Jason. Not bad. That's not bad. See, see, that I had might. to. I had to do that because my IRL was like thirty. I think. <laughs> True enough. True enough. Uh, well, for me, I've been um, I've had a steady diet of Overwatch. I've made like an effort to really play that game more. Uh, season three right now, ranked is going on, so I've been enjoying that. It's hitting. Serious question. Yeah, I have that game, and I've had it for a, a little bit. A good buddy gave it to me, um, but I really haven't had a time to sink my teeth into it. Is this game seriously like game of the year contention worthy? Do I need to stop everything that I'm doing right now and play this game? It depends on, you know, if you're a fan of strictly a multiplayer competitive shooter. Because, I mean, that's I mean that's all this game is. You know, you don't have anything else. Like, um, if, it, if, I, if I was had to pick a game of the year, it would be mine just based, I mean, just for what I've played. Because I obviously haven't played nearly as much as a, as a library as many other people. But so as a latecomer, would I be way too like out of the know to really understand what's going on and not even bother? I don't think so at all. Um, I mean, Lucas, you can probably comment on it because, I mean, yeah, you played the beta, but you hadn't played the game since then, and you, t- you jumped in during the free weekend. Well, I mean, it's no different than any other like competitive game, I feel like. You just have to find... You're going to have that, that horrible time where you're just trying to find what characters work for you and, and your play style, I feel like, is the biggest thing. Because yeah. they're still... I, I would say they do a pretty fair job of, of matchmaking and everything. Yeah. So What's nice now, too, is they've opened up the, one of the, the what they call the arcade play modes, too. And I think those are a little more, not to say casual, but I, I would a little more um, laid back and less... I think you can get away with farting around more and not to stress out about you know helping your team so much a little more freedom to to play especially when you get like especially it's a mode like you haven't played many characters i would suggest um there's a couple usually they have play sets where you every time you die you respawn as a random character so in that way you're like forced to play as you know other characters that you never would try now the one time i did play that mode i didn't end up dying the whole match so it didn't it didn't work out for me but i was like oh maybe i'm not so bad with this character after all but um i mean for me for my play taste my playing taste though i mean i'm i've always kind of drawn to um competitive games so um that's why that's why i played this one so but I don't know. it's a good. One. You got. Thank you for answering my question, sir. You got it, and I mean, <laughs> you didn't have to. Your your price of admission is great, so it's worth dipping your feet into. That's I mean, true. I'm, it's not a full price game. So, that's my take on it. 
Um, beyond that, um, the only other game I really played, a uh, little, little something you might know called Link to the Past for the old Super Nintendo. That's right. I ended up purchasing it yet again because I, I was playing it on Wii U, and then, as I said, I jumped onto 3DS, and I have completed the quest. I've slain... Holy cow. I've slain Ganon. I've united the Triforce. Yeah, I got further than I ever did with the 3DS, and I ended up finishing the game, so... Um, that's uh some of those later dungeons are pretty darn tough, but I'm I'm it was cool to play through the story. I mean, you you, you want to say story loosely because even beyond Super Nintendo, I mean, story wasn't still quite there. But it's just a really cool, cool little game, and it's, you can see why that one really inspired a lot of um, similar games in the genre. But definitely how it laid the groundwork for Zelda moving forward, um, especially since like one of my favorite games in the series is, you know, uh, Wind Waker. And so, like, the events that Wind Waker kind of directly takes place is from stuff that with this game, if you want to follow that convoluted mess of a timeline. But um, really enjoyable. I had a lot of fun with it. And um, I uh, it, was, it was fun. It was really fun. So I'm glad I did it. And then, um, yeah, much like Nathan said, Star Wars. TNT had Star Wars Marathon Saturday and Sunday. Um, both days, so you know, snow's coming down. Why not just? I I had it just I had it on in the background. I watched like the end of. I uh, I came in like right during like the last thirty minutes of episode two, right before the uh, the Dooku fight. So I like I watched that, and then I was like, oh, Revenge of the Sith is on. So I like I kind of started watching the beginning of it, and then I went down and played Overwatch, and I came back in and I watched like the last hour when you know all the cool stuff happens, and then. Um, came back up and watched most of Empire Strikes Back. Oh, know. the good ones are on. <laughs> yep, and then same thing for Jedi. But either way, I was like, well, I'm going to leave it on because I want TNT to know that I want them to get good ratings for showing Star Wars, so I'm going to leave it on this channel at least. So. <laughs> nice. Um, Nathan, weigh in because we talked about this on another podcast episode. What are your thoughts on the re- removal of Yubnub? Ah, uh, you had to bring it up. <laughs> so, and not yep, and, no. and, and you know it's such a celebration, and they give us this. It they is. give us this very. I don't know. It's like it's trying to inject drama with the song. I don't know. It's just the new the song that they use just doesn't seem to fit as well as Yebnub did. Maybe that's because that we came from a world that had Yebnub. That's right, and I. You know, don't have the experience to listen to the new one and never hear the old one, and I don't know. But I think that for the mood that they had and the climactics, you know, the Ewoks winning victory over the Galactic Empire, the Galactic Empire's emperor being destroyed, and the Death Star and everything being blown up—that just seems like the right song, right? Yeah. And I just, I feel like, I feel like that should be, that should be the song that's in the end of Return of the Jedi. I think we need to start a petition right. and um, get all the senators <laughs> of Naboo to sign it and take it to uh, Orlando, Florida, where they have... Orlando Bloom, Florida. <laughs> uh, Disney World, and they're building Star Wars land and stand out there in the construction site <laughs> thinking that someone there might be able to with do our, something with for With our us. Stormtrooper xylophone? <laughs> yes. <laughs> If they don't have Yubnub at Star Wars Land, I'll be sad. Oh, God. I found a 
I found a um, barbershop quartet style Yelp nut. Oh my gosh! <laughs> posted on the Nerdist. You know, it'd be one thing too is that the song they picked even had the right BPM to match like <laughs> yeah. the, the scene, and it does some 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 parts. But otherwise, you're watching them like okay, they're like clapping to this beat that this song definitely doesn't have, and it's well, just it's, very it's weird. Yeah. Of the original trilogy, yeah, that one probably had the most music, right? But uh, it's weird because both the Cantina scene or Jabba's Palace scene and that music was changed in Jedi. Whereas A New Hope, it wasn't really changed, uh, you know. That, but that was classic music. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be crazy if they changed that. Empire didn't really have it, but yeah, both of the songs, the major songs in Jedi, got huge overhauls. Yeah. I don't understand why. Uh, you know, w- right next for me and Yubnub would be Augie's Great Municipal Band or whatever from. <laughs> well, you know what that is, right? I, I remember, yeah, I remember you talking about it too. Yeah, but you know it's what's what funny? Theme? It's it, um, it's actually it's the emperor's theme, just a uh, higher octave. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, right here. There's the if you search it, it's like how Augie's great municipal band is derived from the Sith theme. Lucas, do it. Oh, I'm afraid you will be making this song much more celebratory. When your friends arrive, <laughs> I like more Augie in my music. <laughs> I like I like Lucas's take because it goes it, towards the end. He gets the gritty Palpatine, but before that, I don't know quite what he's channeling, but I still like it. <laughs> I'm channeling my inner. Oh, I'm afraid. <laughs> I don't know what it is either. That's I think the... it's just like a. It's just like a caricature uh, of what he's that's, doing. That's you take forever. To... The, that's the best Palpatine line. That's my my favorite. It's true. Oh no. Oh yeah, that's a good. Oh, oh, the oh, deflector no. shield will be quite operational when your friends arrive. You want this, <laughs> oh, yeah. don't you? You want this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're already getting to oh, Star Wars oh, stuff. Oh, <laughs> I better finish up quick here. Um, so the Star Wars is on, and then, and then thank you to Mr. Nathan Thomas. I have been listening to Rogue One Catalyst, my first Ooh. actual audiobook, not counting the one Justin and I drove around on our vacation up north, but uh, on my own. So all my podcasts have gone on hold. I look at the, the queue, and I'm like, well, never listen to these because I'm probably just going <laughs> to skip them to get current again. And um, I've got, uh, uh, what, I'm on Chapter 20-something of oh, like, wow, you burned through Yeah, that. I well, it helped that I had that hour drive um, for the snow tires because I got, I got to listen to at least you know, like 45 minutes each way. So there was a good hour and a half and then a uh, 20-minute drive to and from work each day. And then I've just been listening when I'm not – when um, I don't have too much going on at work because otherwise I find I'm just hearing it but not listening to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, are those – like with that audiobook, is that the type where they try to like set an atmosphere with uh, sound effects yes. and yep, they yep. do acting and stuff to the for the most part? Okay, cool. So Jonathan Davies is the voice on Catalyst, and he does a really good job uh, when it comes to d- different male cast members. Yeah, I love uh, Mark uh, Thompson does a good job for female. Yeah, I I did. I must say though that it sounded like uh, for the clone troopers though. Man, that sounded uh-huh. dead spot on. Yeah, it it does sound actually really good, and you know how they add like the little blaster fire and the yeah. little music cues in there. Um, also, for the audiobook front, 
Ahsoka is voiced by uh, Ashley Eckstein. Oh, that's right. Ahsoka Tano. That's right. So that the hmm. more you know. <laughs> 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 Gosh. But it's been, uh, I, you know, I'm not. It kind of gives you. I don't, I'm not going to say essential, but definitely really good backstory on you know characters that we can only I can only assume that a majority are going to be some major players in the new movie, um, mm-hmm. and it's just been and it answers some questions that you may have yeah from just the premise of the movie and really understanding oh okay so this is still in effect but this is okay gotcha right right and it kind of gives you a timeline of when these kind of events first started to go into place and. Really, what I've liked most about this, it just it has given me more insight into the character of Orson Krennic, and um, you know we'll touch more on that when we talk a little more about Rogue One. But it's been really great. I'm looking forward to finishing it off, and I like how like I'm immediately I feel like this helps tie things together from like Clone Wars and Revenge of the Sith, and even you know, the prequels. I think it really helps tie that, and I can only hope that it um, helps solidify it into the original trilogy as well. I think it help, really helps bridge those gaps. So mm-hmm. I'm much more enjoying this than like, because the last Star Wars book I read was, well, gosh, was it Aftermath? I can't remember if it was something. Then like, Life Dead or Aftermath? I ha, you know, I, I haven't even cracked Life Dead yet. Okay. It's just sitting there on my coffee table waiting to be read. So I, I do want to read Ahsoka as well, but... Um, I'm, I'm far behind on my content yeah. too, but like you, I resolved to consume catalyst before the movie came out yeah so i put all the podcasts on hold and just mainlined the book as well i have to say i always wondered like because i was kind of worried about retention for me with just listening and i wasn't sure if i would um you know enjoy consuming a a novel through this type of medium and i have to say i i enjoyed it more than i thought i would i would definitely probably look into getting some more books this way especially since i can you know i have um hoopla is the the app that my library uses and I can get not everything, but certain books, you know, I can get eBooks that way as well. Um, and of course using audible is, you know, the option as well, but that's the problem is like, okay, then I can't listen to, I won't be able to listen to podcasts if I'm going to get into a book. So that's, that's the kind of the trade off. It's like, well, do I want to not listen to this or do that? But it's a nice change of pace. Cause I don't know if you're like me, but if you have a ton of podcasts that you subscribe to, you listening to them, they all kind of, after a while, it just kind of gets, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, sometimes bungled. Burnt, up. Yeah. You get burnt out. Yeah. Sometimes I need a break, and I'll like also I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna listen to podcasts. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna listen to Spotify today, and it's like this is amazing. It <laughs> sounds so, it just like sounds so different, you know. I want to get. I have a little bit of a sample on here. I want to see what this sounds like. Not on the coruscant, I know. You're not one who dwells in the clouds, then. So this is Jonathan Davis. Lyra and I Davis have a small Davis apartment Davis. on the campus That's of one of the universities. And Orson Grubber considered this an individual of your standing. I demand to be with Lyra for the birth, chieftain, he said with force. And you will be. <laughs> Out of context, it's yeah. It's like, what what's going on? But that was I do, early yeah, on. That was like I, the first or second chapter. I like the I like the um, just the atmosphere, like yeah. how it's not just a blank, you know. Yeah, they have a lot of like ambient room. noise in the background too. That you hear just like a, a sh- like a hum of a like a ship engine or something like that. You know, just things like that in the background. So it's good. And that's uh, that's it for me for what you plan this this time. Thanks for playing. 
uh, what did you clock on that one, Nathan? How, what was this time? Oh, I didn't clock him. <laughs> I'm exempt because I'm the boss. Oh, I see how it is. Well, I'm going to estimate ten minutes though. That's oh. probably pretty accurate. That's still like half Don't. my usual, Lucas. We'll get it back on the Netflixation, I'm sure. So from Jason. So <laughs> I have a quick what you plan. Ooh, what's that? Do tell. Final Fantasy 15. Now, what's what was your anticipation going into Final Fantasy 15? Were you like always excited? Because I mean, it had what a kind of a lengthy production, but I mean, were you very much anticipating? Like, did you have a lot of anticipation for this, or like really excited, and then, or were you just kind of like high hopes? Gather round, children. I have a story <laughs> to tell you. Begins ten years ago when they announced Final Fantasy Versus 13. Ooh. And it was amazing. The trailer that they showed looked really cool. And he was this prince that you come to know as Prince Noctis now in the game. And he's just walking down the stairs, and he's got this sword that's flying around him, and he's blocking all of these shots that are being taken at him. And he just rules all these people that come up and try to take him down. And fast forward now ten years later... The game finally came out. It became Final Fantasy 15 now, not 13 versus, because that's probably a good thing, because the whole 13-2 and dash 3 thing. Ugh. And um, <laughs> this is honestly the first Final Fantasy game that I've really been super hyped for. Um, I'm, all, I'm not going to lie. Because uh, Final Fantasy 7, the only Final Fantasy game that I've really completed to this date, uh, it was already out. And I was just, you know, I borrowed it from a friend. Mm. What is this? This is my, it was my first exposure to Final Fantasy. Gotcha. So I wanted to be excited for eight, but it just didn't look fun. I wanted to be excited for nine, but it looks stupid. I wanted to be excited and I got 10, but I never had time to play it. And then, you know, I just, I skipped 13 because it just didn't look very, uh, and so now we are at a 15 and it just looks really fun. I played the demo, and I like the combat system. I like what they're doing with it. They're actually doing a really good job with this game for people who are fans of the series, um, tying in a lot of the old, let's say, like, audio cues and stuff like that. Um, specifically, so, like, one of the guys will be like, when you complete a battle, he'll just, with his mouth, go like, you know, stuff like that. And it's just, like, really, it harkens back to those older games. It really makes me happy. In addition, when you're driving around in your car, it has the ability to play music, you know, in your car, as as cars often do, or podcasts <laughs> or audiobooks, as we discussed. But in this game, you can listen to uh, different soundtracks from Final Fantasy 1 through 15. So it has music, obviously, from this game, but you can uh, collect albums throughout the world and be like, hey, I want to listen to Final Fantasy 7 music today. I want to listen to Final yeah. Fantasy 3 music today. We talked about, actually we really had cool. that news story on there, I think, when that was announced. Um, and I remember seeing the the audio, the track list and thinking, that is a lot of music. It is a lot of music, but I mean, you got to take into account that it is original game music. So like with Final Fantasy VII, which is what I've been listening to, it's like that MIDI type music, you know? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't take up a ton of room, except when you get to like the later games that have That's full true. orchestra music. That's true. So... um but the game is is actually really good so far. I think I'm 12 hours into it, which if I played normally, that'd be about halfway through the game because people are beating it in about 20. Oh, wow. But, 
I don't know about you guys, but I, whenever I play a game, I just take my time. I look around, I go down alleyways, just looking for little things that I can pick up and I explore stuff. I really enjoying this game with the combat system, like I said, so it's, it's a joy to play and I've waited 10 years for it. So I don't feel like I should rush through it because I'm, <laughs> yeah. I really like it. Uh, in fact, exactly. I got the ultimate collector's edition of this game, which was limited Oops. to, I think 30,000 copies. And I got it and did an unboxing video for the PSVG channel. I saw that. I watched it. Oh, you did. Thanks buddy. Um, but it's, guys, so good. And this package was actually really good because I, as I'm I'm a fan of figures, if anybody knows me, they know I'm a fan of like statues and figures and stuff, which this comes with a Noctis figure. Yeah, and like I said in the video, it's got a little bit of a weirdness in the elbows and the joints because the coloring is a little bit different, but whatever. The... The cool thing about this package, though, is the art book is really great. The art book's fantastic. Uh, it's got great, really detailed art. I've looked at it a little bit, but I didn't want to look too far into it because there are some spoilers that I was coming across. I was like, oh, I'll put this on the side, and I'll come back to it later. Um, but in addition to that, it also includes two steelbooks, which I love steelbooks. Uh, in one steelbook, it has the game and the Kingsglaive Blu-ray, which Kingsglaive is the CG movie that is concurrent with, like, the first chapter of the game. So if you're trying to decide, should I watch King's Lave or play Final Fantasy XV first, play the first chapter of Final Fantasy XV, then watch the King's Glaive movie. I mean, it doesn't really matter if you watch the movie first or that first chapter, because that chapter is pretty short. But if you want the correct viewing order, that's about the best you can get it at. Hmm. Uh, it also included the Final Fantasy XV Brotherhood anime series, it's oh, like geez. five episodes of the anime series uh, that they produced, and it tells the backstory of the the companions that Noctis has and of Noctis himself. So some really good storytelling there, and I really enjoyed that. It made me really like the characters and give me the background that otherwise you wouldn't really have on these guys going into the game. So you watch that first, then play the first chapter 15, then Kingslave, and then continue on with the game if you want the proper viewing order. And this package also included the soundtracks for Final Fantasy XV, Brotherhood, and Kingsglaive. So, uh, and some other stuff was in it, like digital content, but that's the, the main meat of the package, which was really, you know, a lot of attention was paid to it, and I appreciate the effort that they gave to it, and I thought it was, you know, for fifteen being such a monumental accomplishment in gaming, be it a 10-year game that we've been waiting for for this long, for me at least, it was a no-brainer for me to get this Ultimate Edition because 10 years? I've never waited for a game that long. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So it's about time for it to come out. I'm excited for it. And yeah, I was predisposed probably to like it, but you know, I went to it with what I usually do in open mind. And the storytelling right off the bat is actually really fun and engaging. The characters that you come across in the game, they have character. I mean, they aren't just blah 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 but you come across yeah there are some generic type shopkeep owners that don't have any character but the quest givers and the people that you really interact with the most in the game have a lot of character to them and that's uh, one of the things that Final Fantasy games are known for is the characters that they build and this is no exception this is fantastic from what I can tell so far I'm super excited that it's out 
Uh, I really enjoy it so far. I'm not, again, super far into it. I'm 12 hours in, and I'm only into chapter three, and there's 13 chapters. So oh. I'm, a, I'm behind the curve, but again, I've been enjoying every moment I've played it and super excited to go back and play more. But yeah, that's, I just want to touch on because that includes games, music, and movies in one eye, uh, what you play in. So wow, Boom. guys. Boom. <laughs> that's how you do it. Oh, also I've watched Rebels and I'm now completely caught up. Nice. I got a gripe with their Disney XD app. That thing is a piece of junk. I'm Why? Because I that, I just watched it all on a Disney XD app, and it seemed to work okay, except for the stupid commercials they throw in all the time. Yeah, that too. I don't know. I just I'm not, not a very big fan of it on my tablet, and I'm not a very big fan of it on Windows 10. So my ta- tablet. I don't like it. My, my tablet. So I. By the way, I was gonna say there's not a lot of games that come out ten years after they're announced and are actually good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Last Guardian came out, you know, 10 years after or so after it was announced. And I, it's been received across the board. Like, some people really enjoy it, but, like, the average, like, 7 and a 5 kind of scores that it's been getting, which I figure that's probably, you know, hype buildup taking a toll on that a little bit, too. But, yeah. 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 For for the reception that 15's gotten so far, I'm, I mean, I'm loving it. It's, it's, it's what I would want in a Final Fantasy game. It, it's great. I mean, it's a... It's a very Western-influenced Final Fantasy game. This is completely different mm-hmm. than, you know, Seven was, which was the last one that I played right. through, like I said. But I, you can definitely tell they, they changed it up a little bit for the Western taste. I wish I could go back and, like, re-experience Nine because I feel like I never, I didn't give that game, like, really a fair shake or Eight, for that matter, a fair shake because I was so fixated on what the experience Seven had, and so I was constantly just, oh, these games aren't living up to that for me, so I don't think I really appreciated them as much as I did. As I could have, I think I I could nine more so just because I think like the themes and like the general like design and feel of that game I think is something that I I would like especially with the, now looking back at like the character design stuff like that I think that would appeal more to me but I, there's no way I can go back with the the original graphics I'd have to have some way to have a remaster which isn't gonna well happen. Jason if the rumors are true you might be getting what? that next year wow well there you go. Not a full remaster, but a re-release at least. That'd be that could maybe be okay. Switch exclusive. You know what? It wouldn't surprise me if it was on Switch. Well, there you go. Honestly, there you go. um, because but that yeah, I mean, really, I haven't really played RPGs at all since then. And the last Final Fantasy I've tried was like the two online variant. So I'm happy to like to see it because I mean, honestly, like any any of the ones that released for PS2 and on, I was just like, wow, this seems like a real departure from what I've you know been used to. So I'm glad that it's 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 back and it's it's got its hooks in you and you're enjoying it. Yeah, it's uh, I'm again surprised that I'm enjoying it as much as I am so far. There's a a lot of nuance to it that it doesn't quite tell you at the gate, but you can kind of pick up as you go. But I mean, it doesn't have a ton of handholding too. It's it's like the the perfect amount of guidance in it, but it just kind of lets you go and do whatever you want to do, and I appreciate that. Hmm. Excellent. Excellent! Lucas, I just had to, yeah. a quick a quick interjection, because this popped Objection! up. Objection! Oh, boy. This popped up on PSVG chat, and then we talked about it, but it's been brought to my attention that old-time hockey is going to have a beer mode. What? 
What is a beer mode, you ask? Well, it swaps, it swaps the that. controls so you can play one-handed while you can drink a beer. <laughs> oh, boy. That is the best Oh, ever. you're supposed to drink a beer? I thought you were oh. supposed to be doing something. Okay. Wow. Uh, how would that work? Okay. Who cares? So you need... I wonder how that works. Weird. I like it. I would say you'd use like the thumbstick and then one like a trigger to pass and the bumper to shoot or vice more like vice or like a bumper to pass and a trigger to to shoot. That'd be all you I know, can think of. We're definitely going to have to revisit if if one of us gets this game, we have to revisit our um playoffs. I just wanna I, I will I will revisit Birds Blades of Steel anytime, any day. Alright. I love it's Blades happening. I love we'll Blades of up. Steel. I play it well, anytime. It doesn't it doesn't help when I realized how the goalie worked halfway into you beating me. So I don't think it would have like, mattered. Oh, oh it would have mattered. All right. All right. That's it. <laughs> We're scheduling that one. Oh. It's a special. Oh. Sorry, you had to wait. You heard it here. Mommy and daddy fighting, Nathan. <laughs> Why are you guys fighting in the room? <laughs> I want soda. <laughs> Here's your Mountain Dew. Go to bed. All right. I don't like Shall we, before we melt everyone's minds with all our Star Wars fun, shall we take a little break, play some music, and come back fresh and and reborn, reborn like the like a fiery phoenix of of lore? Phoenix down. Oh, uh, yeah. Ooh, sure. it's a Final Fantasy reference. <laughs> I get it. See, mine are, mine are easy to get because I'm not very smart. I, I help so. it. You don't know. I can't help it. You don't know Star Wars. I mean, What's a Star War? I mean, I can't, I can't help that. All right, I'm going to spin the wheel that will tell us what the deal is. I hope it's a high number so I have to count. Oh, my God, it's number one. Whoa. That's never, never, never happened. happened before. This is a very popular game. It's very the, the apex, popular the, game? The apex of the series, considered by many. And that is... Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door, released in 2004 by Nintendo on the gum, the Gamma Cube. Gamma Cube wants uh, to play. Our song is called, uh, is that Mare Unadarum, I believe. I don't think it's going to be Mare. Mare Unadarum. <laughs> that just sounds dumb. So I'm going to say Mare, mare Unadarum. Hopefully I'm not butchering that too bad. Uh, this features several songs from the game, Aquatic Ambient, Space Zone Number 2, X-Not Fortress, and Zora's Domain. Um, our remixer is Hylian Lemon. And... Wait a second. Not all these game. Not all these songs are from this game. Oh, good. Super yeah, Mario right. Land... Donkey Kong Country and Ocarina of Time. They must have similar uh, multi multi game chip pop arrangement that blends pieces. So it must blend them from Paper Mario into here. Like our yeah. so they put it in a blend tech and it blends. Yeah, <laughs> it will blend. Like our favorite holiday favorite <laughs> Super Mario <laughs> Super Mario Slayer ride. You know that's really I'm weird. Myself that's, into a corner. That's interesting. Why they called it. From Paper Mario a Thousand Year Door, but then it has yeah, it has Super Mario Land 2, Donkey Kong Country, and Ocarina Time. Oh well, great games. We're gonna play it anyway. And if you like mashups like this, you can find one or two, maybe even three at OCRemix.org. Yeah. 
remix and now we will move along move along move nothing along. to see here <laughs> gentlemen yeah. in the matter of days i mean if you're in australia i think technically like 
hours. Oh, let's see if it's. Yeah, because they're doing like, I know somebody there actually that lives not too far from the capital gets to see it and uh, midnight. Thursday morning, so, um, yeah, Rogue One's coming out. So, as is tradition on Fluxpose, we bring friends of the show on to blabber endlessly about said Star Wars upcoming films. We will keep doing this for as long as the world will have us. So, um, maybe like one more year. With that excellent setup by myself, let's Jeez, let's brag much. Let's have let's some, get into it. Let's get into it. I'm Lucas. What's Rose. the deal with Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> so. If you're under a rock, Rogue One is the new, the first anthology, Star Wars anthology film, a Star Wars story that uh, exp- gives us further detail of an event we all know has taken place in Star Wars lore, which was the Rebels stealing and delivering the Death Star plans. So now we get to see all the cool stuff that happens when such a thing takes place. Would you call this a prequel? I don't know, but I hear this movie's got a really sweet sequel that's that's been released. Wait, the sequel is that before the movie? No, sequel to Rogue, the sequel to Rogue One. I hear it's great, but it's called new, it's called the New Hope. The New Hope. Come on, Jason, get it right. Uh, uh New Hope. Bob Hope. Bob Hope. Bob Hope. Hey, so this is kind of funny because when you think about this being a sequel to the prequels but a prequel to the originals it reminds, it reminds me of Spaceballs a little bit <laughs> when they had that one little bit where they were like it's out now how's it out now instant video sir oh yeah <laughs> they knew it it reminds me of it reminds me of um Zelda honestly with all the although the the timeline isn't quite as confusing but the way that they're deciding to the, go back and fill in spaces and everything is kind of confusing if you just look at yeah. it on paper has anything else in in like modern media done this like books or anything that you're aware of that there's like huge tentpole movies and then they're like okay well here's another one we're just gonna stick it right in between these other two here i guess well i don't know about sticking it between but i feel like harry potter's kind of starting yeah to that's the only with... that's the thing i could think of too it's the only series that might be able to do something like that but that's a prequel still True. It's not as confused. Well, that's the th- I I look at it from a like what other stories can we tell in this universe type thing as opposed to the weirdness of fitting in timeline. a story, yeah, in a in a pre-established timeline. Yeah. I have to say other this. Other than that, no. Because I'm 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 very much like looking forward to this movie. Um but this is my and I might have voiced this before on Flux Depose already when thinking about this but my biggest gripes already is it's like we're going to introduce like these these specific style of droids and these other specific things but we never see we in present date star wars we've never seen anything like that you know and it just it just kind of stands out a little bit just like the whole idea when george looks like hmm, i think anakin needs a padawan so i'm gonna give him a padawan and um, but sir, that doesn't fit into, uh, th- that doesn't happen in Revenge of the Sith at all. Well, you can just go to hell because I want Ahsoka. <laughs> I, well, I look at it as like, I don't know every car they have in Europe, 
So if I saw noob, <laughs> I know, right? No, like I don't know every car they have in the world. So yeah. if I saw one and it was new to me, I'd be like, "What?" Well, but the, I mean, the big thing is, I I have is this like you know K two S O. He's like this style of droid that the Empire used, and they see more others in this in this film. So within the how many years that take place between Rogue One and A New Hope. They've completely decommissioned and gotten rid of this this line of droid apparently because they're you know there's no remnant of it in the rest of Star Wars. So I, I guess if it's it's when you make it something when you make it like an iconic presence maybe iconic's not the best word but a very standout presence in the film and it's just like notably absent in the rest you know that's that's the only one thing I I, I, I I'm weary about when we see weird um, you know jumping around in the star Wars timeline with films like this. And, um, I, I don't, and I don't know quite how to feel about the Han Solo, a young Han Solo movie yet. It's, it, Let's not get ahead of ourselves, Jason. <laughs> <sighs> That's what I do best though. Keep your mind here and now where it belongs. <laughs> Lucas, we have, uh, I, we have more important. <laughs> well, let's get down to the, the most important part. When are you going to be able to see Rogue One? Well, um, we are watching it uh, at exactly 4.45 p.m. on Friday. Ah, perfect. You got your plans freaking out thing. Because last time when we talked about it, you were like, well, I don't even know when I'm going to get to go see it. Yeah, I still didn't have them ordered up until yesterday. Well, it takes, you know, Nathan's probably going to see it four times by that point. It's possible. (laughs) You know, I haven't even watched... uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens since it came out in movie theaters. What? Yeah. Oh. And you call yourself a man. Um, sometimes. When I'm pretending in front of the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, but no, I don't know. I just it's just one of those things yeah. where it you know, I didn't really I don't have stars or I didn't have stars, now I do, so I could watch it, but I just I don't know. It's ten dollars today uh, for the nice Blu-ray uh, at Best Buy. By the way, the Steelbook edition. It's Ooh. really good. Yeah, I, I would snag that up. It's not going to benefit our listeners, I don't no. think. But you, Lucas, <laughs> you could benefit, you benefit me from this. specifically. That's all I've ever cared about. <laughs> Nathan, what yes. what are you hoping from Rogue One? A new hope. Oh, um, <laughs> the new hope. <laughs> So it's it's kind of a weird thing, right, where we know what's going to take place, so we just want to be along for the journey, right? We want to be along for the ride. And what really has me interested are these characters that they're introducing, right? Yeah. Director Krennic, um, Jin obviously is a interesting character, and the other rebels that are with her, and just really the formation of this alliance. You know, you, you saw in the trailer that Mon Moth was going to be in this movie, and I just I'm super jazzed about tying the the prequels to the original trilogy, you know, in some way. And this is going to kind of act like that that connecting point because I did the prequel marathon like I said uh last week in preparation for Rogue One. And in that you can kind of see you know the yeah, you get the overall story about Vader becoming Vader, 
But you also get in episode two and three the glimpses of the Death Star. And, you know, then I also went in and read or listened to Rogue One. And you get the more buildup to it that ties in the prequels, especially episode three. Mm -hmm. um, And, you know, the events that happened there into the lead into what we assume are going to be, you know, a few years before this movie begins. But what I want out of this movie is just kind of like an episode of Rebels where you know what happens after it because you're already aware that things happen, but you just want something really cool to take place in the middle. And I know that we're going to get that with a lot of those AT-AT shots that we've seen like on the beach and things like that. That's what I'm looking for for this. I'm looking for something that rivals the Battle of Hoth, something that rivals the you know attack on Death Star 2 as far as the space goes. Because when I see the trailers, that's the two things that I notice are... These battles look fantastic. Yes. They look really good. They look really well done. Um, they're bringing in this technology that everybody loves, like AT-ATs, but they're not called AT-ATs. They're like the precursor to them. And one of my favorite things was the brief glimpse in Episode 7 that we saw of the fighters. You know, with this new technology, they're really able to do a great job with X-Wing fighters and things like that. Mm-hmm. So in the trailer, you see... X-Wing assaults on on whatever they're attacking. And I just, I'm so excited to see whatever they do with that because we know this movie isn't going to revolve around the Jedi, which is fine, which I, I'm absolutely on board with 100%. It's going to have a strong bearing on the Force from what I think, but it's not going to necessarily be around any particular Jedi except, you know, Vader. We've seen him in the trailer. So I want awesome set pieces awesome visuals, tremendous music, and this is not going to be John Williams. This is going to be Michael Giacchino right. doing this music. And I just want, that's what I'm looking for, these characters, which I'm assuming most of them are going to die. So I'm not going to get too attached to any of them in this movie. <laughs> but I'm looking forward just to see how they bring it all together because this is something that we know how it ends up ultimately. And yeah, there there could be people that we don't expect to survive to do so, but I think it's going to be a really good and I think it's also, from the vibe that I get, going to really reestablish Vader as the menacing, oh crap, he's here type guy. You know? Mm-hmm. They did a really good job with that with Rebels so far, but I think they're going to finally pull that back in into the cinematic screen because people with episode three, the last time they saw him, he screamed, no! I doubt that he's going to be doing that at anywhere in Rogue One. It's funny that you, the way that you just just described that, um, like what you're looking forward to um, for this movie, when Jason, when you originally asked him, like, or when you, at the beginning of what you were talking about, you were saying, how are they going to, it's funny because we already know what happened. So how are they going to make this an interesting movie? I kind of think of it almost like a war movie. Um, from like World War Two or something like that. Like we kind of already know what what's going to happen, mm-hmm. but everything that you described, Nathan, is kind of like what you want out of the war movie anyway. Yeah, it's not really about you know the end point. It's like how do we get there? What are the stories in between? And let's face it, some sweet action, right? So, yeah, I think we're getting like all the good of the battle sequences we've seen in Star Wars over the years and now we have it in like an even lengthier 
you know, production. I feel like so much more focus on this is going to be on, you know, battles and action than what we might have seen um, in past films. Yeah. Um, you know, what I what what I think of this, I, I think of that last scene from um, Revenge of the Sith a little bit with, you know, with the Palpatine and Tarkin and Vader standing on the, the the bridge of a Star Destroyer watching the construction of the Death Star and you know Vader's gets the iconic arms crossed pose <laughs> and I'm like I, I'm I'm just I'm so excited to see I don't know how and like how much capacity we're gonna see him because obviously um the actor died several years ago. <laughs> but I, I, I'm really excited to see Tarkin in Star Wars again. Like because if you go if going as I've gotten older and I've gone back and watched Star Wars, you get a much bigger appreciation for Tarkin as a character, and then having you know seen him in Clone Wars, seeing him in Rebels, reading his novel, even now within Rogue One Catalyst, you know some more things about him. I've 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 just really enjoyed Tarkin as a character, and plus just having Vader alive and kicking again is going to be awesome as well. Again, I'm not really sure how much Vader we're going to see. Hopefully it's not like a Joker and suicide squad type of thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, um, and I've made peace with the whole retconning of Kyle Katarn. Okay. <laughs> it took a while, but I'm finally kind of getting over it. As I say, it really sounds like it. <laughs> I've made my peace. Damn it. <sighs> not happy about it though. Hey, Kyle and Jan Ors, we go way back. So <laughs> I'm sure you do. I don't know. I've been kind of avoiding a lot of for anything I really am hyped about. I just avoid any kind of internet buzz about it because yeah. I don't, I don't want to know everything, every little detail. I don't want to watch a video that breaks down the first trailer in, you know, circles, every little thing in the background that you may have missed that yeah. might lead to this and that and the other thing. Cause I'm just like, I just want to experience it. I just want to go to the movies and be like, yeah, I'm looking forward to that movie coming out and then go to the movies and watch it. Yeah. Well, you don't, <laughs> want, I don't blame you don't want, people you, who do that. You don't that, want though. to have your, you don't want to have any preconceived opinions or especially from an outside source, you know, you want to be coming in there fresh yeah. or whatever, whatever you got, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we weren't, it always goes back to like, Oh, those lucky people who got to go see star Wars. Um, in the theater for the first time, like what were they thinking? And pretty sure they didn't hop on, you know, Netflix to watch the newest trailer of star Wars before it came out and break down the entire detailed list of everything that went on in it. So I don't know. It's, I think it's just one of those things that kind of, it gets lost nowadays when you go to watch movies and and there's nothing wrong with wanting to check out, you know, what something is going to be before you go watch it to make sure you're, you're going to like it. But as we have said on plenty of times on the show, Jason, it's more Star Wars, so we're going to eat it up regardless. Yeah. Um, I I cannot conceive that I won't. I can't see myself not liking this movie. It's just in what capacity do I like it? Like, where is this going to fall in the rankings mm. of my favorite Star Wars movies? So that's kind of my expectations going in is. I've watched probably one trailer. I kind of maybe two. I kind of know what's going on. Let's 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 get into it. So that's where I'm coming. PSA, from. real quick. We're not sponsored by General Mills <laughs> by any way, but 
if you buy three specially marked boxes of General Mills cereal, you can get a free Rogue One movie ticket. Oh my Whoa. god. I feel like that might actually be more expensive than just buying the ticket. Have you seen it cereal prices nowadays? No. <laughs> five dollars like, a box. Five dollars? I was thinking like three bucks. Uh depends on what depends on the type of cereal. The I don't size eat that posh cereal that Lucas eats, obviously. I eat the sugary junk. Yeah, I, I eat the cheap stuff. I eat the off-branded stuff. Ah. The stuff that falls on the floor. and they Stuff that comes that in a big old re- resealable bag. <laughs> yeah, I just take that like a bag of chips and I stuff my face with... They're not Fruit Loops, they're like round O's or something like that. And they cut your mouth open. <laughs> Wasn't that an episode of uh, Simpsons? Where what? Krusty had his crusty O's and yeah, there's like a razor, yeah, razor on blade. Razor blade. <laughs> I was going to say, what isn't an episode of Simpsons at this point? <sighs> you know, I don't... What do you want in Star Wars, Jason? Like, you kind of mentioned it, uh, you know, with the battles. And you've made peace with Kyle not being the yeah the protagonist. But what... I, I don't know. What is it that you're looking for when you walk out of that theater? Um... I guess closure in a way like I want I want it to make sense like I want the story to like wrap up and make sense in the 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 bigger Star Wars universe like you know we're getting we're getting you introduced to these characters here and they're not all important players so I understand why they don't you know why they're not going to pop up again you know in the rest of the the this this war you know for lack of a better phrase, but, you know, I want it to have, like, a want it to fit cohesively in, in, in bookend, where, it, where it's bookended, you know. I think it's already, I think it's going to transition well from the prequels into this, but I want, I want to see how it's going to fit, or I'm really interested to see, like, how it, it wraps up and how it, like, how directly it's going to flow right into the original trilogy from this point, you know. Like, um, yeah, is it going to have that? I ending love that. Where I love that Bail Organa like... is in this, and we get to see you know Jimmy Smith's reprise that character. But uh, like, how crazy would it be? Like, you know, the last, you know, some of the last. I guess I shouldn't say crazy, but I think I think it'd be kind of cool if some of the last scenes involved them. Like, you know, there's these plans ending up on the blockade runner that you know Leia's on to wherever she was. I don't even remember where she was heading with originally with those. At least just back. She was just a diplomatic going, mercy mission. Oh, that's right. So I can't remember. Where I mean, it has to be. I mean, this has to fit fairly closely because I mean they're on the base in Yavin, so it has to like the timelines of this has to fall in place fairly closely between with you know a new hope. But um, I don't know. I guess I, I it's hard. To like for me to say one thing because again, like Lucas said, it's Star Wars. I'm going to eat it up no matter what. I'm looking for, um, you know, I don't think being entertained is going to be an issue. I'm just looking for another fun, great Star Wars experience. And I, I think, I think it for me, it's a little bit easier to be almost more excited for this than, um, than what I was for Episode Seven because this is like. It's not. It doesn't have to blaze a new trail. This is like familiar territory, and it's. I think that it kind of appeals to nostalgia and things like that because it's already the Star Wars I know and love. It's just more of it, 
Now, get me, don't get me wrong, when I finally get to hear Luke Skywalker talk again, hopefully in episode eight, I mean, that's going to be, that's going to have some hype there too. But I feel like this is, um, it's just that familiar territory and it feels good to be, to be back in there. And, you know, so many, so many things we finally, you know, there's so many lines or, or phrases from Star Wars that have been uttered, you know, throughout the original trilogy, like, you know, Rebel, Rebel, was it Rebel Spy striking from a hidden base? I think, I think that's some paraphrasing here, you know, stole the Death Star plans or I, it will never happen. But what if we ever get to see the, the many Bothans who died to bring us this information? You know, <laughs> I just, I, I, I just wanted to. You know, that's not going to happen in this episode, right? Well, right, because that's, that's in the Return of the Jedi. But. Correct. See, I had I had to make sure because everyone that I talked to who's not quite as up to my level, I guess I could say, yeah. for Star Wars is like, so how many Bothans think you're gonna die in Rogue One? Oh, gosh. I'm like, I think palm. we made I think we made that mistake early into our Rogue One impressions because I remember talking about that before. I don't think you should use corrected. the word we. <laughs> I, I think it I think it was we. I don't know. I'm not 100% sure. I don't remember. It was a long time ago. Maybe it was me. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised, but. Or no, I maybe it was you that corrected me. Maybe it was. I don't know. <coughs> I don't know. <clears throat> so I do want to say, though, and I don't remember where I mentioned it. It might have been on That's Entertaining when we were talking about Revenge of the Sith and Order 66. But, and this is not a spoiler from the book, but they mentioned it in the book about having kyber crystals and, uh, you know, getting a whole lot of them and the size of the crystal, it was definitely from, like, a Jedi lightsaber. And I had made mention before that I was like, you know, wouldn't it be the the ultimate final assault on the Jedi by the Emperor after they've been wiped out to take these kyber crystals and use them, you know, in these weapons that he wants to make to wipe out innocent lives, right? He wants to threaten the galaxy where they would protect the galaxy. Um and it's kind of seeming to be like that might be part of the case of uh, what's going to be transpiring here. So I think that it's really interesting that they're taking that deep of a look into it because a lot of times filmmakers in these type of movies, you know, they don't look that deeply and that's kind of the fanboy lore and the fanboy ideas that kind of pop up in heads. But the fact that the book kind of, whispered to that thought made me like wow I, I had this idea a while back where the emperor would take all these lightsabers and he would just combine them into one huge lightsaber or big crystal for his death star that might not be the case but mm-hmm. he's definitely using them for their research purposes and that kind of kind of makes me get goosebumps in a way you know that prospect well it's it's part of that like you said it's part of that idea that in the movies, a lot of stuff is left to your imagination as to how, or, you know, they might make a casual reference to certain things, but then in other mediums, you, you almost always see them take those ideas and run with them and make them into uh, a larger, a larger um, part of the story, so to speak. Uh, Yeah. It kind of, again going back to like real world roots i guess it kind of reminds me of you know any of those those races to get the ultimate super weapon before 
you know, your, your adversaries did or something like that. So I think that would be an interesting development. I mean, from a story perspective, I don't see exactly how, how it could, I could see a battle being fought over that, I guess, but I don't know if you could make an entire movie be based around that as you could like the death star plans, but that's just my thoughts on the subject. <laughs> I'm really interested. To, like, you know, there's, we've know like a lot that's in, I mean, we know the general plot and things like that, but I, I'm interested, you know, there's gotta be, there's, there's going to be twists and turns that, you know, that we aren't going to ex- expect, or maybe some, you know, callbacks or maybe even some cameo characters that nobody sees coming. I'm interested to, I'm excited to see what what the you know Gareth Edwards has in store for us there. Like, think we see a Boba Fett? Mm, I don't think. Uh, I mean, I think anything's possible. Maybe some disintegrations. <laughs> that I mean, that's true. That could. We know that has. Wouldn't to that be awesome? At some point, you know, because why else would Vader explicitly tell him? You know. God, that would be no disintegrations. Hmm. But I think that I mean that would be that would be a secret that I don't think they they could even keep. If there was if Boba Fett was in this movie, he would have been in some sort of trailer or something. It would have probably someone would have said something about by now. It. Yeah, yeah. But that would be really cool if we saw some Mandalorian armor like that in this movie. And you know, speaking to tying the old and the new together, Jason. In Rebels, did you get to the episode? I think it was called "The Last Battle." Ah, uh, I should be. I, I've watched every episode up until this this epi- this week's episode, so I, I don't really recall that by name. Uh, what's the quick plot synopsis on it? Rex and crew go to an old oh yeah uh, separate yep, space, yep, and they fight, and then there's the the battle droids and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, so yeah, yeah. that's a cool episode. I remember that. So if that episode almost I, <laughs> almost got me in the feels a little bit because as someone who really enjoyed the Clone Wars for six epi- or six or five seasons, I can't remember how many ever it was on, uh, not not long enough, and a movie, and really got to enjoy those characters, especially Rex and you know the different clones that you come to know along the way. It was a real nice way to kind of seal off the the clone wars in a way but also to pay reverence to what we had before because you know it was kind of one of those things where i never thought about it but in that episode he said you know just one day it was over Mm -hmm. you know neither side won and so they had to figure out okay well what happened who won the empire won so and it was that episode particularly when you when you've been removed from the uh, what do you call it? The prequel era type stuff. Like you haven't seen Clone Wars for a while. You haven't heard the the battle droids talking for a while, and this and that. And then you finally you're watching a brand new episode of Rebels, and you have Roger, Roger, and stuff. And it's like you know, for as much as people gave that you know a lot of slack for, I really enjoyed them being, you know, voicing them like they did again with the the different battle droid voices and the modulation on the on the voice and then 
having Rex in there, just like his old self kind of jumping back into action the way that you remember seeing him in the Clone Wars. And just a lot of those those relics that you saw, but then the Empire just coming right at him too, and you had that that full, you know, collection of, oh wow, this is. The Clone Wars came out in 1999, and I was 12 years old. So the or not the Clone Wars episode one, so, in all intents and purposes, I grew up with the the prequels, and I identify with them just as much as I identify with the prequel or the original trilogy. And the Clone Wars was really, you know, in that gap, too, where I really was looking for more Star Wars, and it kept my fandom alive for a long time while there was nothing. And if we get anything to that extent in Rogue One, that will that will probably make me love this movie a lot more, just on, you know, a nostalgia-slash-emotional kind of level, and being like, yes, this is tying in movies that people hate, but I love them. You know, I love the prequels mm-hmm. and movies that everybody loves. And it's bringing us all together. It's like that middle child who just wants to have everybody stop fighting. It's like, hey, come here. We're all friends. Yeah. <laughs> and that's really what I'm, oh, I'm so excited for the prospect of that to happen, you guys. I just, ah, I want, I, I want to watch it. I've got two tickets uh, for Thursday. <laughs> I was thinking it. <laughs> for Thursday night, uh, 7 o'clock and 10 o'clock. Uh, 2D is at 7, 3D is at 10, and I am ready to just love whatever they put on the screen because it's Star Wars, and I'm super stoked, and I, I'm i really ready for this movie to come out. Like like Lucas, I haven't looked up a lot of information. Jason, you probably honestly know more about this movie than I do because I've been trying to stay dark because we know the plot. We know a lot of stuff that's going to happen with this movie that has to happen to fit into the rest of the timeline. So aside from, you know, the main trailers that they've shown, that's what all I've consumed. And I am totally ready to sit down in the theater with, you know, my wife next to me and watch this movie and really enjoy what, whatever they put on the screen. I'm going in it with an open mind, um, knowing that, this has a monumental task ahead of it, right? This is a movie that, even more than The Force Awakens, has a harder job because it is technically a prequel. And the, that term leaves a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. But with this movie, their task is to say, hey, this is going to tie what we've seen in these prequel movies into what we've seen in these original movies that you liked from the 70s. Please enjoy it and let us, you know, let us give this to you as a gift. You know what I mean? Because it really is a gift. These these standalone movies didn't have to come. These this is unprecedented for for this level of production for a standalone movie. And I'm excited. I'm super excited. Well, and I think of it kind of like with Marvel and them doing their team up movies, but then their separate origin stories and, and you know, the eight Captain America movies that came out or whatever. Eight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um they're kind of like the standalone movies, you know, like Doctor Strange or something. I don't know anybody who ever talked about Doctor Strange before that movie was announced. But, you know, they did it for the people who are fans of Doctor Strange and it you know, they as far as I could tell, I still have yet to see it, but as far as I could tell, it did pretty well. And I think that's something that they are good at as far as cultivating 
a a good media um, placement with with their stories. I guess I'm trying to say is they they look at Star Wars and they go, man, there's a lot of untold stories that are here. Why don't we why don't we try doing that? Because people don't just love the movies for the movies. People love Star Wars for the galaxy. The entire the entirety of what Star Wars represents. There's so many possibilities in there. And a lot of people know that and they know that they're that good stories can come out of there. I mean, just look at Rebels. I think I said to Jason, I'm like, this kind of sounds like every week is a Star Wars D and D mission or something like that. And that's fine with me. I don't mind that at all. Like there is an over overarching narrative or whatever, but for the most part, a lot of the episodes feel like, uh, all right, your, your mission today is to go and steal bombers, these old bombers from a plant or whatever. And that's fine with me. And that's really all I expect from this movie is something like that is a mission, some character development and, you know, to fit in with the star Wars narrative that, that they've done. So if it does as well as, uh, as they've done with most of the kind of Marvel, 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 Marvel universe, uh, movies, the, the kind of standalone, uh, films, then I'm happy. I'm not expecting it to blow my socks off, Mm -hmm. but I do think it will be a a good time and it's more star Wars. So let's face it as a, as a, as a property, we are the, probably the most finickiest and hardest to please fans would be star Wars fans. I mean, true. So it's, it's no tall order to do any of that. One, uh, one thing I'm also hoping to see now that it came to me, competent stormtroopers. <laughs> well, you get the death troopers now. Exactly. And the short troopers. I mean, I guess it's one thing you can like you can go back and say, you know, well, in a new hope, you know, they were all it was just, you know, they were orchestrating Vader's plan and they were purposely, you know, not uh letting them get away and not killing the, you know, things like that to reveal the the rebel base and things like that, but um They're I, still just as bad in rebels. <laughs> that's true. But I'm looking to see the the uh, I want to see the empire at like the you know the height of its might and its um, suppression of other worlds you know. That movie is called The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> I will I will say though, some of the things that I liked about the prequels were always the the um like when they go down go down to some uh, planet and actually. Uh, like they went to that city. I, I'm sorry. My, my memory is going to fail me on these ones, but they went to the city where that guy's trying to sell death sticks or whatever. Coruscant. Yeah. Thank you. Um, that's a, that's a planet, a city planet, but yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. You're, you're, you're not wrong. Let's just put the it that capital way. of the Republic. And then the capital of the empire pretty much. Right. I think that this will do a good job of showing us the effect of the Galactic Empire prior to everyone just kind of being used to it. Like in the, the original three movies, mm-hmm. you see stormtroopers standing around in cities, but nobody really, get, you know, like it just it just seems like a military presence, but it doesn't really affect anyone because they're so used to it by this point. But I think here you see, like in Rebels, you get glimpses of how much of dicks they can be to people and, and whether or not they should fight back and stuff like that. And I think 
here we'll see a little bit more. I hope we'll see a little bit more of that because, like you said, you want to see them flex their military muscles. So wait, so so there's there's other stormtroopers that aren't clones. (laughs) Yeah, that's my other big. That's that's my other. I'm a Star Wars nerd, and you're not thing that bugs me that people do. Sorry, off off subject, but it just popped in there. I'm doing a very horrible conversation here, folks. That's okay. They've they've come to get used to to that. Between our technical difficulties and and our awesome ability to say words with our mouths. Yeah. Here's what else I I uh, there's cool things that I I really want to know what how what happens with Orson Krennic. You know, is is his like his failure to protect like is the the plans getting stolen is viewed as his failure are we going to see vader like execute him personally you know something like that or i don't know it's going to be cool i, I just i'm excited for it i'm really excited 7:30 on thursday cannot come soon enough it's going to be a good time plus i'm just so pumped that i'm going to get through catalyst before the movie comes out so yeah i'm i'm kind of thinking i forgot about I think I added that to my Amazon wish list and completely forgot that I probably should have just picked it up myself. So and I didn't and now I'm like, oh man, I should have because I would have read it before. Yeah, I don't think there's I don't think your body makes enough waste for you to, to pull that off between now and Friday. <laughs> you know what I'm I take I you know take what I'm getting at here. And, yeah. I do all of my reading in the bathroom, but it's not always on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> but that that is definitely a possibility. Uh, uh, well, let's face it, guys. Um, we already know this. We're Star Wars fanatics. We could talk about Star Wars forever, and we are not going to be game explain and talk like about a five like a five minute trailer into like a three hour breakdown discussion. So I think we'll just we'll wrap Rogue One there, as much as, as sad as it see it go, but it, it, it's only the right thing to do. And folks, you can probably already tell too that uh, we've decided to make a, a a administrative decision, and we will not include Netflixation this week simply because sometimes we do. Sometimes we just think you've had too much flux. Too much flux to pose could be a good thing. Nobody needs a three-hour flux to pose podcast. Uh, Literally, not one person. I think we did that with episode seven. Probably, I'm sure. I think it was pretty close. I blame Sean. I do too. Um. So yeah, <laughs> there you go, Nathan. This is now. I think you hold are in the record books of top reoccurring character in flux to pose history. How do you feel about that? <laughs> um. Well, uh, I like to take a moment to thank the people. Uh, it is with, not without their support that uh, I would have been able to continue on with this this trek. I'd like to thank um, Mr. Lucas Rose for being uh, very supportive. Mr. Jason Lacey for also being, uh, you know, being there in my moment of need in in my in my corner in the darkest of nights. And I'd also like to thank Batman because. You know, it's with if we don't have uh, someone to watch over us, like every night when when the clowns are out, 
uh, I don't know if we could go on. And it's... Uh, I'm very emotional right now. Uh, this was unexpected. <laughs> Let it all out, man. We're here for you. <laughs> By the way, we spend a lot of money to to fly you into the studio, so... Yeah, I mean, you got to make the most of it. Well, yeah, I uh, I love what you've done with the place. Since the first time I was here, it was uh, it was just a little room, and now it's a big room. <laughs> Is it a big round room? I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I thought you were actually. You, wait, are you okay? <laughs> oh boy, uh, Nathan, sorry. ladies and gentlemen, top notch, top notch. acting, <laughs> top. Wow, were you, uh, <laughs> is your name Gary Johnston? Top-notch actor. Gary, Gary Johnston, was he the guy that was running for president recently? Oh. <laughs> yes, it is. I think yes, it is, but I, more specifically, <laughs> I'm referring to the main character in Team America World Police. That's true. <laughs> Which, who was also named Gary. Gary, now suck my, <laughs> <laughs> I think we were. I think we're like the only two people who still quote that movie. <laughs> I love that movie still to this day, and I will never forget how everyone else we saw it with that night absolutely was horrified. Oh, his name is Gary Johns Johnston. With oh, a T. so confusion ensues. And look at that! Just like always, we showcased our awkward finish. Oh, it's always so delicious. We don't have to end an episode, rightful. So we just do that. Lucas plays the music, and I go, well, time to end the show now. Um, boy. Ugh. Ugh. Diary of mouths, folks. All right. Nathan, thank you so much for stopping by this week. Uh, Thanks for having me. It was fun as always, gentlemen. There's going to be a time, a point in time, maybe not tonight, maybe not tomorrow, possibly the next day, where you're going to be like, you're going to think back on this time, and you're going to think, Jesus, that was a waste of time. <laughs> Why did I go on that show? Oh, gosh. Oh, boy. What did we even talk about? If you like Nathan, you can hear him monthly on his podcast, That's Entertaining. His other monthly podcast, The League of Entertaining Gentlemen. And he helms up the Xbox Empire at PlaySomeVideoGames.com. I do. And you can also talk to me if you like on Twitter. I'm at Voiced by Nathan. Lucas, he's everywhere, yeah. and he's really the star of the show, so we already know why you're coming here. And I'm just along for the ride. So with that, good night, go see Rogue One, and we're done. And we're done. <laughs> We should have Nathan intro the show, and it would just Ooh, really that'd be funny. Everybody, I think I like that idea. <laughs> how should I intro? How how would you like me to intro just talk the show? about drinking milkshakes or apologizing for having yeah. to make you listen? <laughs> yeah, be like okay, us. so I'll go through the, the traditional. Oh, sorry, I got your milkshake and Star Wars. <laughs>